Hello, this is Rumble with Michael Moore, and I'm Michael Moore. Welcome to my podcast. Today we're going to talk about the impeachment trial that's taking place in the Senate this week. We're going to talk about uh, some things that Hillary Clinton had to say about Bernie. Today's podcast is rated B, which means there is excessive content regarding Bernie. If you're not for Bernie or you're not for him yet, uh, if you could just hang with me, I think you'll like this podcast because we're, we're going to get into uh, some things that don't get discussed uh, about him. And also maybe have a good laugh with it, too, because our our guest today is Katie Halper, the comedian and writer and um, all around good person. And i um, glad that she's going to be here. Um, Katie Halper is here. She's our guest. And welcome to Rumble. So, uh, Katie Halper, uh, we are talking here really just hours now after the first day of the trial in the Senate, the trial of Donald J. Trump. And I don't know how much of you got to watch of it yesterday, but mm-hmm. it, uh, it, it was so bizarre in the sense that on one side you have all these Democrats talking about their respect for the law and trying to, trying to appeal to people's reason. And on the other side, uh, Trump's lawyers, who I had never heard uh, Jay Secula talk or um, uh, who was the other guy named, uh, last name is Philbin, not Regis, but hmm. one of the many Philbins yeah. that populate the earth. But I was just stunned at how bad they were. Like, I thought, well, they're not going to let Giuliani be part of the trial. So they bring these guys in. But these are like Giuliani's law partners. Mm. They were as stupid and bombastic right. and crazy eyes, yeah. crazy eyes. And I'm thinking even Trump is smart enough to, if he's watching this somewhere over there in Europe, wherever he is yeah. right now, he has got to be livid yeah. with the with the job that they're doing because they are just all over the map. They're not organized. They don't really have an argument. But this is where I think our side, we get a little cocky because we're like, we think, oh, we're smarter than these guys. And so we're going to win. And actually what we mostly do is lose. Right. So, uh, so not so smart after right. all. I don't know what I, I just. I'm worried about people waking up this morning now, the day after this first day, and and there was one vote taken, and it was a strict party line vote, and none of those so-called moderate Republicans joined with the Democrats. Mm-hmm. It was a 53 to 47 vote to not allow any new evidence, not to allow the subpoenas, and at least not until after the trial has happened, and then they could decide if they want right. to allow that. I mean, what's your take on this whole thing? Are, are you just sort of a mind that, well, none of this really matters anyways because nothing's going to happen? Or or do you think, I mean, I've been encouraging people to call their senators. Yeah. Don't give up hope here. Even if there's the slightest chance, if we get Bolton, if we get the server where they're hiding all the other stuff beyond the, the phone call right. with the uh, Ukrainian president. Um, that maybe just enough uh, of those Republicans will will leave the dark mm. side. It's funny, I interviewed, and I'm releasing it this week, but Christian Parenti, who has a really great piece called about, something about like impeachment without class, and mm-hmm. he talks about how it was in Jacobin, and, and he talks about how there could have been an impeachment that was, he, his point is, one of his points is that, given that nothing will happen, the point of this is kind of political education, political theater, the spectacle. And 
he's saying how the way that we could have and should have or the, that the Dems should have gone after Trump would have been the emoluments clause, but that would have required like looking into corruption and um and it would take 10 months just to get people to be able to spell emoluments. Yeah, Emolu- sure. Look, I, well, I, there's that too. I know emoluments, yeah. But they could have, I mean, they didn't have to use that, you know, they could have just explained this was, he he, he paid for this, someone paid for that, but that would require, it's like what Trump is so, it, they would just be forced to look at their own stuff. And I'm not equating the Dems with Trump, but there is a problem when a lot of the things that they're trying to point out in him are things that they're not immune from. Um and so it becomes hard, like, what are the things? And I, I've said this before, like, if we want to go after Trump, if the Dems want to go after Trump, they have to go after him on things that he didn't already set them up for. So he's already set them up for hating him, right? for the media picking on him, for, um, uh, what else, uh, the Russia stuff. Like, I don't think anyone who didn't, who stayed at home or who is a Trump, and I, I think we, we disagree on the potential reconversion or conversion of certain voters, but... Like the people who were Obama to Trump voters, they don't care about the Russia stuff, the Ukraine stuff. So I do think it's a bit of a, and, and then what you have is this kind of like cocktail party circuit process mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. like um, like biofeedback and everyone thinks like, oh, this is really gonna, we're really, we really are nabbing him now. Like he's nailed. Like the way everybody thought with the Mueller report. Exactly, For yeah. two years, right. all everybody yeah. said, the walls oh, are, wait, The walls wait are coming, the, coming the in, the, the walls report. are falling in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Closing in, the walls are closing in. <clears> like the slowest moving walls. Um, right. And, uh, you know, everything was going to be the smoking gun. And so I think that I don't my thing is more about the focus. And you've been, I think, someone who's been very fair about this stuff. Like you acknowledge kind of like Sanders, where he says we have to walk and chew gum at the same time. Right. You get how that is not the only answer. And it can actually be when it's when the, that becomes the sole focus. It's a distraction. And I think, well, it I think plays it's dangerous. Into, yeah. 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 And it plays into Trump's hands. If we don't take a look at what gave us Trump. Right. Exactly. That we have a, a corrupt system. Right. And when I say corrupt, I don't mean just the political system. I mean, we have the, the, the economic system we have is right. unjust. It's right. unfair. All the things that sort of coalesce and come together in the early 21st century, if you were writing this as a a futurist 100 years ago, the end result would be something that right. like, looked like and right. sounded like Donald Trump. Right. What did you say in your in your your I loved I've been I've listened to this, but I especially love your first one just because it's so cute and autobiographical. But you kept saying this phrase like Trump and that which created it. Trump we have and, to get rid of not just Donald Trump, but that which gave us Trump. Yeah, that which gave us Trump. Yeah, that which gave us Trump, which means a whole bunch of things um, from. A system where the one percent benefit at right. the well, the ninety nine percent fight for the crumbs, um, but not just that too. It's it's just the way that we look at the world, or yeah. the way that we that we got to a point where where professional lying right. became okay, and and the lies were things that we don't normally talk about as lies. I noticed this when I would occasionally I would get asked to speak at a journalism school, yeah. and over the years I became kind of. <laughs> appalled at the fact of how many of these students weren't planning to go into journalism they were going to go into pr mm, right or or they were going to go into some form of what they call communications and in fact right. many of the j school departments whatever changed their name from journalism department oh. to communications oh, yeah. department and, the, and mainly to teach young people how to communicate lies yeah to get people whether they were going to be in advertising right whether they were going to be in politics whether whatever they were going to be in but it was always to sell something that was not entirely untrue because the best way right, to sell exactly. it is with a very large kernel of truth. Right, yeah. 
I think pieces of the needs when we if we were to really get into the systems right that gave us Trump, it would it would be like, <clears throat> yeah, he may he may be Frankenstein, yeah, but we're the Doctor Frankenstein, yeah. We created this. We as a society helped to create yeah. this individual. Or he's the Frankenstein who walks around owning he's Frankenstein, right? <laughs> like he doesn't have a mask or he's taking the mask off. Right, No, and he's proud of the fact yeah. that he's Frankenstein. And people find it, like they kind of find relief in it, I think. They find it weird. He's honest about his dishonesty. Right. See, because what's we, when, he's a, when he's corrupt or a hypocrite, it lands because that's his shtick, right, right? Right. When someone who's like pretends to be an upstanding Democrat is a corrupt or a hypocrite, there's much more of a hypocrisy. It feels built much worse. Into, yeah, it's yeah. like doesn't it's not supposed to be there. One of the one of the big arguments yesterday on the first day of the trial from Trump's lawyer uh, was he he said he said um, how could you call. How could you describe this call with the Ukrainian president as anything? I mean, President Trump, he declassified the call. He released the call. That That's how bad it is. It was so bad and so right. wrong and so criminal. He released the transcript of the call. And it's like, wow, that's a that's a smart way. Yeah, it is pretty. Yeah. In other words, in other words, you you kill somebody. But because you released the photographs of you killing them, I mean, I'm not trying to hide this or do right, anything yeah, wrong. Right. You know, I mean, there's the pictures. What's the problem here? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, when Pelosi said the other day that she, this was impeachable, she had no choice. I don't remember the phrase she used, but it was like this you had to impeach on. But when Bush misrepresented st the facts about WMDs, that wasn't impeachable. Right. That is something though that like we do have to kind of reckon, like wrestle with and grapple with because what is that saying? And again, I'm not like I understand why people want to get Trump and will get him with whatever like not technicality, but yeah, violation technicality. And obviously, he's that was a that's not kosher. But I do think it. I think that for people who are kind of not necessarily that politically inclined or interested, I think there's something that they probably get rings hollow about it. Right. Like that that's the thing that is going to drive an impeachment as opposed to lying about WMDs, getting us into war, you yeah. know, something that killed so many people. And Pelosi would not allow yeah. Democrats to go after right. any kind of like possible impeachment yeah. or censure or whatever. And she said that. Also yeah. now, like she, you know, she doesn't like try to hide it. No. You know, she's just like, yeah, that wasn't impeachable. This is something that killed forty five hundred yeah. of our our young men and women and hundreds of thousands of Iraqis. And right, wow, destabilize that nation. I mean that that area, right? Blowback. And and right. what all Trump wanted was some dirt on Hunter Biden. Yeah, yeah. I guess if you put right? it like that, wow. And I think that people, even it's funny, even people who don't, you know, they're not like political scientists, but there's, they just pick up on that, that like yeah. that hypocrisy yeah. and that lack of proportionality. So Trump's got Ken Starr, uh, yeah. the um, the prosecutor of the of the oral sex prosecutor, right, yeah. basically, I'll put it like that, and the um, and Alan Dershowitz. Oh my God! Because you need everyone needs like an Islamophobic. Um, I guess I can't call him a uh, child predator. He's child predator adjacent. I'm pretty sure he is. I don't know yeah. how what, but he's definitely defends them and hangs out with child rapists and defends them. Yeah, Epstein. I'm talking about Jeffrey Epstein yeah. here. Yeah. Um, 
He's smart. Now that's scary. He's a very smart guy, and yeah. he does that very loyalty thing where he'll concede certain points. Yeah, kind of like what you're talking about. It's not like he's not a dummy's liar. He's no. very smart. No, yeah, no. I've I've had some uh, contact and dealings with him over the years, I'm sorry. and I know it was scary. Yeah. There was one time that, um, um, actually, because this film was being uh, released by, uh, well, Miramax, which was, you know, owned oh, by yeah, the, yeah, right. the Weinsteins. Because their parents were named Miriam and Max. Yes, that's right. That's why I was called yeah. Miramax. If you start a studio uh, named after your parents, it would be, what would it be Nora, called? Nora James, Nora Jim, Nor- Janora. Nor the Nor James Studio. That's yeah, not bad. Good, right? yeah. Actually, that's not, that yeah. has a a, a filmic yeah, uh, does. cinematic does, yeah, uh, yeah his, historical yeah. yeah. All right, so that wouldn't be so bad. But anyways, <laughs> uh, one of the many things I don't have in common with uh, Weinstein is that my parents' names would not make a bad uh, <laughs> movie company title. Yeah, but besides that, identify besides all that, them, yes. Yeah. But uh, he called one day and he said, "You have to talk to Alan Dershowitz." I said, "Why?" Well, there's something in the film that, that he's you know, decided is uh, not, it's against Israel or, or oh not. Oh, my it's, gosh. It's not, and I'm, I'm like, well, I, why do I have to talk to him? And he said, you have to talk to him because he could, he could ruin the film. I love when Jews perpetuate stereotypes about us. <laughs> like, if you don't talk to this guy, that's it. Showtime. This movie isn't getting made because we do run the media. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to censor you. Sorry about that. It's, I had to get on the phone with him. I had to get on the phone with him and <clears throat> listen to this and listen to, and he started to, to quiz me. It was kind of like a, um, um, I, I don't want to use the word inquisition, right, yeah. but it was, it was, I was a, a loyalty test yeah. that he was giving me over the phone to what I thought about the state of Israel, you know, and I tried to, I tried to make light of it and tried to, you know, humor him. Right. He did not want to be humored about this particular issue. And, um, and I thought, wow, I hope I never have to talk to this guy no. again. It felt so creepy. Poor Norman Finkelstein. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, um, anyways, so um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. Day two today and uh, day three tomorrow. And um, Of course, I don't like that it's taken Sanders off the trail. I know. You know, they, uh, the campaign, they called I me uh, oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah, yeah. yesterday or the day before. And they, because they've got Bernie events lined up uh, the end of this week, and they asked me if I would come out to, to yeah. Iowa uh, to uh, fill in or help out or yeah. do whatever I can do. And I said yes. So I'm, um, I'm actually going to get on the plane uh, tomorrow. Oh, great! And uh, and head out to Iowa uh, for some time. And I think Bernie's going to make it out there, maybe some one, yeah. well, at least one day this weekend. Right. But that's but, actually a really good metaphor of how of the danger of the impeachment when it literally, like in this case, it's literally derailing. It's 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 you know nominally symbolically defeating Trump, but right. you're derailing an actual campaign right. to win a, a nomination that will then defeat Trump. So the other big news that came out yesterday that I, probably a lot of people didn't see because the the trial was the big news yeah. really is that Hillary Hillary Clinton uh, man gave an interview I think it was in the Hollywood Reporter and basically said that uh, um, she confirmed what Elizabeth Warren had said, that yes, uh, we all know that he's a sexist and uh, he's an awful person, nobody likes him, and um, uh, he ruined my campaign. It just went on and on. And then the clincher, she says she's so against him 
if he's the nominee, she will not commit to uh, voting for him, endorsing him, campaigning, nothing. Which, to anybody listening to that, that should be a disqualifier right, right. there. Like, Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's so entitled. The fact that she doesn't even know that she shouldn't say that reveals right. such a lack of accountability. Someone who has never dealt with consequences until she did at the election. But in general, she's never really been told, she's never understood, never internalized that she had any role in any of this. And look, I... For I, it's really not hard. Speaking of chewing gum and talking uh, and walking at the same time, you acknowledged, yeah. Did Hillary face sexism and misogyny? Yes. Does that mean that everything she did was good and that any criticism of her was grounded in misogyny or sexism? No, not at all. And right. and what happened is that the Clintons often they're really good at this. They shield. They use legitimate um, grievances that they have or other people have against the way that they've been vilified but they use that to shield themselves from legit criticism. And of course, the, the most sordid examples of it is when it's like to, to shield themselves from criticism from the left or from progressives, um, which is a total perversion of all the, the ideology that they claim to hold dear and, and, and espouse and live by. Um, so yeah, it's, this was a... But this whole Bernie bad yeah. for women thing, and I'm thinking, and then she, I think they brought up the uh, what they called the Bernie Bros. Oh yeah, and all this. And I reclaim that. I, I identify as a Bernie Bro. I reclaim you, you it call as yourself. A, yeah, but it's like when people take a slur and they call themselves that. So where does this whole thing come from? Because I got to tell you, that my yeah. from my first of all, I've read the statistics. I've seen that the majority of Bernie's uh, uh, supporters are women. Yeah, that's the factual right. truth. And and from my own anecdotal evidence yeah. of just walking down the street, for every ten people that come up to me, you know, yeah. saying that thank you for supporting Bernie or whatever, um, easily seven of yeah. the ten are women. Yeah. Because uh, generally, I have to say, no offense to my fellow guys out there, especially white guys, um, they generally are, not, you know, they're not necessarily inclined. The things that Bernie stands for are are the things that are about loving this yeah. planet, loving each other, nurturing and taking care of. I don't mean to. I'm not trying to stereotype no. the the uh, female sure. qualities yep. that I think make the Earth a better place. Right. But but um, you know, I'm I'm just I'm not going to go to a Rangers game right. and find a. <laughs> Right. A lot of guys. Although maybe you will. They probably don't get it. They probably would like him, right? No, no, because the tickets are $125. Sorry. I was yeah. thinking of, I forgot that. I I know so little about sports and whenever they yeah. come up, I'm going to make very stupid statements because no, no, I was okay. thinking salt no, but, of the earth, but yes. that's not. No, no, no. no but, but yeah, true. Exactly. But sports these days to go to right. a, any kind of a sporting game, yeah. like a NBA game or NFL game, you have to be wealthy right. or semi-wealthy or at least in the upper middle class yeah. to be able to afford these tickets. No, no, actually... The 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 guys I grew up with in Flint, uh, yeah. Michigan, uh, people who have, are now and have retired from the factory, they're very much in favor. This is why right. Bernie won. Bernie won the Michigan primary right. Uh, right. because of this massive support amongst women, young people, and working class yeah. white guys. Yeah, um, and the media constantly misreports us. They think I'm Joe Biden is the Right, is yeah. the one everybody's going to vote for. And I'm like, I don't know anybody right. uh, home in Michigan there that uh, uh, <laughs> that's excited about voting for Joe Biden. No. This is, I don't know I'm how. excited about watching him kind of as an unintentional performer. I mean, he's hilarious, not trying to be. 
He's right. just like one gag after another. Yeah, no, no, no. As a performance artist, yeah, exactly. yeah, he's no, great, I, right? I will admit yeah. that uh, I'd, I'd actually book him for a fundraiser. Yeah, so f- for Bernie. For Bernie, Yeah, yes. exactly, yeah. <laughs> so a warning, it's a cautionary tale, fundraiser, and the time of your life. <laughs> right. We should totally book them. We should set him up. Um, but yeah, it's the thing is, if you ask someone why Sanders is sexist, someone who, who alleges that he is, They'll never give a reason. If you say, what are the policies he supports that are sexist or what are the policies he doesn't support that are for good for women? They'll never say it. What they'll say is he wags his finger, which, by the way, he does at men as much as he does at women. Right. And that, as, you have to understand Brooklyn. I was going to understand. Right. I mean, Joanne Reed this week talked about weekend talked about his physicality. We'll get to that in a second. But yes, he um and he doesn't, and they say he dismisses identity politics. I wrote a whole piece about this. He said something about going beyond identity politics. And what he meant, literally, he meant that they are um, necessary but insufficient, meaning representation, we need better representation, but that's not the end of it. Right. So if we just have, he didn't say this, but to explain it, if we just have Condoleezza Rice's and Sarah Palin's and Margaret Thatcher's, that's not good. That's not enough. What we right. need are more representation, and we need the policies and the movements that support these groups. So it's not just par- the most powerful people who are more represented by a variety of, of demographics, right? Right. And that's and you look at what he said, and that's exactly what he said. And um, so people really, it's it's amazing. What people don't want to say is that they like more centrist politics more than Sanders, and they don't want to admit it, or they have this. They really identify with Hillary as an individual, which I get. Like. But that really isn't very good politics because you identify with someone's journey. If that's like, that can be an entry point. But that shouldn't be what determines who you support because you have right. something in common with someone. Because you so, can have something in common with someone who has re- does really bad things. Why is this happening? I don't get it. Because so here he has a voting record that's 100% pro right. women. Yeah. Well, all the things that affect women in our society, yeah. uh, whether it's equal pay, whether it's, right. uh, you know, we still don't have an equal rights amendment. Right. And, and, <laughs> the thing is, too, he's fought for this stuff for I know, for so long. Gloria Steinem called him an honorary woman in the '90s when she was stumping for him. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there, you go back to those pictures of him being arrested by the police oh, in 1963. Yeah. 1963. How many years ago is that? What am I doing the math here? Fifty-seven years ago. Yeah. There are pictures of him. He being, wasn't running for office. No, he's he was being just in college. Violently and, yeah. arrested. Yeah. Chained to. There was a picture of him chained to two or three black women. Yes. Yeah. You know what? I, how back in the first part of the debates, they were asking for a show of hands of yeah. things. I wanted one of them to say, "How many of you on the stage have ever risked arrest?" Yeah. For standing up for something that you right. believed in, and only one hand, I think, right. would have gone up. At that point, yeah, but Joe Biden did work maybe as Cory a, Booker might did work as a lifeguard at a black pool, and he has these yeah. long blonde leg hairs, and the kids used to look at them. You saw him talking yeah, about this, right? Kids, that was the kids amazing. Were so amazed by the blonde, golden the leg golden hair. hair on his legs. <laughs> Sounds oh, like a, please, a fairy tale. Joe Biden and the golden fleece. We'll have him perform that yeah, at the at Bernie the benefit, fundraiser yeah, yeah. The, that we're going to have. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but it but but seriously though, it's like I see Jane Fonda getting arrested every Friday yeah. there in Washington D.C. You know there are there are people that have put themselves on the line, right? And I'm I'm a little I'm a little surprised that sort of I mean I get, I certainly get why people like Elizabeth Warren and yeah. all of that because I like Elizabeth Warren, but 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 to, but when I have the choice right. of somebody with. 50 even probably 60 yeah. years of of 
active activism. Yeah. Um, and then on the other hand, um, the other person has never um, put herself out right. there like that. And in fact, was a Republican. Right. And still waffles. Because again, I get it. If you were once, you once were lost and now you're found or whatever, I get it. Like, I'm lucky I was raised by people who have my politics. Bernie, from the time he was young, he was already, you know, he and his brother were mm. very active. And, um, but, but what you're saying is true, not just like in, chronologically, but even once she became a Democrat, there isn't the same moral clarity. Like, she doesn't have the same moral clarity, which people pr- pretend is some kind of, um, non-practical, impractical um, purity politics. It's not it at all. Sanders has a very right. clear compass. So does like AOC, for instance. Mm-hmm. And that means that they get things done. They both get things done and that they are not afraid of looking at things through an angle that embraces not just the possible or the feasible, but the needed, like the necessary. And there's a, there's a um, an outrage. But the, the outrage is uh, righteous anger. It's a righteous anger, right? Yeah. And that's needed. Not only is it because it's the right thing, it's the it's the moral thing, but it's also the thing that works politically right now. People need to know that the issues that are important to them, which get kind of like, which most politicians dismiss as like uh, utopian or pipe dreams or yeah, sounds great, but how are we going to pay for that? That doesn't that doesn't get people into the to vote. Right. People knowing that this person gets it and cares about it, that's what gets people to vote. So how do we, so how, so again, with Bernie, yeah. I think that's why he's doing so well. I think that when when Hillary says that nobody likes him. Like, you know what, I believe your friends don't like him. I believe Kissinger doesn't like him. <laughs> I believe that um, Netanyahu right. doesn't like him. Right. I believe that George Bush doesn't like him. Good. You know, yeah. all these people, they he, I just gave Bernie three major endorsements. But yeah, right. people in your circle don't like him. Right. Good. Yeah. And do you have any awareness of how ridiculous you sound and out of touch? It's almost like a, she did us a Hillary. favor. No, Hillary, not, Hillary not sorry. Me. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Michael. Yeah. No, no. Hillary, Hillary, Hillary. <laughs> Hillary. It's like she has like a face tattoo. That's yeah. like, I'm, at, I'm out of touch. Her friends, Netanyahu. Yeah. But Bernie is such like, a mensch. He, it, it, he's such a mensch and he's always kicked in the teeth by the people yeah. he's so good to. Like he ran around the country. Stumping for Hillary Clinton, 41 events? Yes. 41 events. Somewhere between 40 and 42 events, depending on how you count them. Okay, yeah, depending how you define them, yeah. For for Hillary, when she ran. Yeah. When when Barack Obama was running, when he beat her in the the primaries, she she did 10. Actually, she did some joint, two joint ones with him. So there were 12. She did 12 for Obama, and he did 42 for Hillary. Hillary. Right. Also, when she was asked um, if she was going to step down, I mean, drop out, she said no. And this reporter said, you don't buy that party unity stuff. She goes, no, I don't, because my husband didn't get the nomination until June. And oh, June, we all, June, June, of course, is when Bobby Kennedy was killed. This is what she said. She said this, yeah, during no, an interview, I, sorry, in 2008. So she's giving this, if you don't yeah, remember sorry, this. Yeah, I didn't, I no, keep, that's okay. Yeah. But she, uh, I think she was being interviewed by the Des Moines Register. And something um, some, and not as familiar a name as that, but something like that. Something like something, that. Yeah, yeah. And um, and they were asking her, you know, you've essentially lost. Why right. haven't you dropped out? Yeah. And then she uses as an example. Well, you know, it's June. Yes. But Bobby Kennedy was assassinated yeah. in June. And to bring that up when everybody was already so afraid yeah. of the of the white supremacists yeah, the killing security, yeah. Obama, the heightened security. He got Secret Service protection right. before anybody had yeah. ever gotten it. Right. Um, and that she would, she what she was saying was so weird, and she knew it. And later she tried to walk yeah. it back. 
that um well i you know i shouldn't drop out because you know i mean you get assassinated yeah you know people get assassinated yeah. in june yeah and it's like what did you just I know. say it was like wow yeah well it's just what she said yesterday was just oh, yeah. uh, deplorable. nobody likes him can i say that deplorable oh yeah that that was a that was a <laughs> spoonful of deplorable right there that was a big bowl of deplorable, big bowl of deplorable and yeah. um and why anybody would listen to her after this because basically by saying that um uh she didn't know if, if bernie's the nominee she will not commit yeah uh, to voting for him or endorsing him or campaigning she just for disqualified him. herself she just disqualified herself and and declared herself a pro-trumper yeah a trump enabler at the, there, to be charitable right to be as charitable as we really could as a charitable. trump enabler yeah i know yeah no no she's in, she is a leader in this country yeah and she is encouraging people right um, to to not vote for yeah, him if right. he's the Democratic yeah. nominee. When all of us, from all spectrum, right. all parts of the spectrum of the Democratic Party or non-Democrats, I'm not a member of the sure, yeah. Democratic Party, but you know, I, I'm going to vote. I, I like all of those people on some level yeah. on that stage. There's no real asshole that's been on that Democratic debate stage. I mean, you're now you've turned mm, it. You're okay, gonna, yeah. There might be one. It's your show. I have to be. I'll be respectful. <laughs> No, you yeah. should say. Is there was there? Uh, I would say my, my colonoscopy maybe? results of that stage would be different. Yeah, okay. If I were a proctologist, so to speak. Yeah. All right, but, uh, Delaney, big time. Yeah, yeah, big yeah. Time, yeah. But it seemed like by the time it, they weeded out, um, Mayor Pete. I mean, I'm just glad his his Gramsci, father, Gramsci scholar father, student of Marxism, isn't around to see this. Oh well, yeah. um, there's not a chance he's going to be the nominee, though. Is um, there? No. You know, we have to vote for him if he if he is. I'm gonna be I'm in New York, thank God. But I yeah. guess I have to yeah. No, yeah, yeah. You have to do the, to, the overwhelming to, No, yeah. we have to we all have to get we have to do this. Well, don't tell them yet. See no. that's that's the we're yeah. see, this is what we should like we're so busy because we have PTSD from Trump winning, I think. But like they don't let's let's try let's just get the most yeah. electable guy in like that's yeah. our way to defeat Trump. I'm not shaming you because I feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, don't worry, I'm gonna vote. For but it's like actually, why don't why don't we focus on because that's become a talking point against our side, against the people who supported Sanders. As right. if we did something wrong, we were supporting the guy who would have beaten Trump, who yeah. definitely did not lose to Trump. We know that much, right? Right. No, okay. he would have he would have beaten Trump. Yes. That's what we were trying to do. Yeah, we were trying right. to save America from Trump. Yeah. Don't shame us in, about anything. Like, and the other thing is, people like, well, I'll speak for myself. I went out and made a documentary a month yeah. before the election right. to get people out there to vote for Hillary. Yeah. You know, and man, that took a lot for yeah, me yeah. to do that because her politics and mine are not the same. Right. And, and yet I saw what was going to happen with Trump and I thought, this is, we've. Yes, I will. I will do this painful thing. Yeah, and, and but it's really it is really sick how the the this weird reverse psychology because all the people who said who said our guy was terrible who said our guy wouldn't and couldn't defeat Trump they ignored the evidence they didn't care about that they were they call us like they say we have um, messiah complexes and it's cult of personality like look I like Bernie's personality he's a total mensch he's a crotchety mensch that's what I call him which <laughs> right. is like a very good combo very right. trustworthy right. Um, but I, I I liked him because of his policies, his positions, his principles, his consistency, and um, 
that there was no like messiah complex there and you know what god forbid he has an ability to bring people together who don't necessarily think about politics that much otherwise that's called electability right that's something we right. want all these things these, these these trumpian sandersian comparisons are so stupid they don't realize what they're doing is they're basically arguing this is why sanders will be so good against trump because right. he can peel people away from trump which he can right why do they keep saying that that um I hear people say they'll come up to me and say, "I like Bernie, but we got to be have somebody who's going to beat Trump." Oh my God! The electability yeah, uh, issue. Yeah, it's so weird. And any poll I've seen going head to head, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw one where Biden did well, like sure. in Florida and North Carolina. But in the what I consider to be the real swing yeah. states, the ones that right. gave Trump the election, Michigan, right. Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, that that Bernie is going to kill him in in all those uh, states. Or I shouldn't say the word "kill," but yeah. you know what I'm saying. Sure metaphorically um have consensus have a consent a meeting with consensus and then uh replace him like a drum circle whatever yeah yeah um no you know the fact that he does as well as he does given that that is not the the narrative is unbelievable if he if people if the media spoke about him as being as viable as he actually is not even if they hyped him up if they just spoke responsibly and reported responsibly on how popular he is he would be through the roof because it's right. a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? right? You hear someone on some Chris Cuomo here, some MSNBC person there, um, you hear them casting doubt on his viability, and then either consciously or subconsciously, you're like, yeah, I guess he doesn't really have a chance. Look, I like him, but he has no chance. People, like, what's really hard about this moment is that they're, there's like, a, uh, we have to be like bifocal in it, because there's some people who are irredeemable. They're, what is it, a basket full of deplorables. Yes. They're not, we're not gonna reach them. And these are people who are probably highly educated. Yeah. Um, we used to probably go to parties that they would right. be at, right? We right. Would, like they were in similar circles to us if you're in a li- liberal media world or progressive. Um, and they're not gonna change. Like those people will not change because they have vested either material or ideological emotional interest in the this, the pre-Trump status quo or in a certain type of neoliberal identity politics. Again, I'm not dismissing identity politics. I'm talking about the weaponization of identity politics right. and the hijacking of identity politics. But um, I mean, and I, I think that th- those people, yeah, that that's one thing. For me, those are the de- deplorables. Those are the irredeemables. But there are people who various different groups of people who don't like people who don't know that Sanders is that electable and they're not being cynical and dishonest and disingenuous they just hear it because they watch MSNBC they right. watch CNN they're not bad people they're not like apparatchiks or professional thinkfluencers or whatever um they're good people and we need to reach them and same thing so i feel like that's almost like the liberal equivalent of the people who are the trump there's like the trump burn they're the Obama Trump voters, who I think some of whom I think we we should talk about this. I think some of them can be brought no, no. back. Is that what fold? you meant earlier when yeah. you said that we yeah. disagree? No, I believe some of them yeah. can be, but I think they've already come back. I think oh, they that's can, what you're saying. Yeah, okay. I'm, there's eight million uh, uh, Obama yeah. voters yeah. who voted for Trump. I believe in the first year they real because really they didn't like Trump. I right, know, yeah. I know a lot yeah. of these people in Michigan. Right, they actually think Trump sucks. Right, but they just love the fact that they could use Trump as a bomb, as sure. a grenade, right. as a blow up Molotov, the system, yeah. blow up the system right. that has ruined my life. Right, 
you know, and they saw that, and they saw that the Republican Party hated Trump. Right, right, the which Republican, makes it that much more appealing, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that made it so easy. Right. You know, and then Trump did say, you know, he was against the Iraq war. Right. He, I remember a speech he, he made in Michigan, and by the way, Hillary didn't come. Right. Didn't come to Wisconsin. Right. But boy. Maybe she did herself a favor. Who knows what the results would have been like had she gone? Well, that's what they, uh, campaign people told me after the election. Because I, I was just wondering, how come none of us could get a yard sign in Michigan? Yeah. Well, they were afraid Trump voters would see the right. Hillary yard signs and they would reminded. remind them to yeah. go vote. Trigger, you know, it would be triggering for It would be a trigger moment for them. And they and they would just like, don't forget to vote. Right. Don't forget to vote. Hillary sign after Hillary sign. Um, and so they no Hillary signs in Michigan right. during the campaign. I know I have complained about this now. I'm only in I'm only in my fifth week of this podcast and I'm still uh, griping about the uh, no, Hillary it's signs. It's important. It's a good <clears throat> well, teachable a, moment. It's a little example yeah. of of how Democrats are such weenies, uh, where they are just afraid all right. the time. No courage, no stand up and fight. Right. Well, because if you don't have a really moral, and I'm not talking about moralistic, right? I'm not talking about puritanical, no, but moral core, vision. If you don't have vision. that, then there's not a lot you can stick to, right? Right, and so right. you're kind of dodging in and out, weaving around certain talking points, throwing a talking point here, throwing a talking point there. And it comes out in the wash that you're lying or you're yeah. being disingenuous or, you know why? Because we should be the better person and instead yes. talk about how much Joe Biden is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. We got a triage. And, yeah. and, and, and uh, but I still have to say this, yeah, that, yeah. that um, when you say you've taken 20,000 selfies, um, that's not a selfie. That also is not true. I don't want to say it's a yeah, lie, yeah. but when you have your campaign aide yeah. taking pictures of you right. with supporters, that is not what we call a selfie. Right. A selfie is when you take the picture, you yeah. hold the camera with your supporter, right. and then you put your thumb there and you touch right. it and you take the picture. Yeah. That is called a selfie. Right. It's a little thing. I'm sorry, I don't mean no, to. No, I think we should run use that. Be like, Bernie never lied about selfies. Right. There's no selfie right. gate. We should turn this into selfie gate. Bernie has no idea how to take yeah, a selfie. Exactly. Which means he also has not lied about it. <laughs> this but, would, but this also, would be a funny uh, 20 second spot though. Yeah, it would be, yeah. yeah. Did you watch the New York Times uh, uh, TV show uh, this weekend where they did the endorsement? Yeah. They, they, this thing is set up, they, it was like you were watching The Apprentice. Yeah, it was. It was so was. ironically weird. Yeah, they bring each of the candidates yeah. into yeah. a big boardroom. Yeah. And instead of uh, Trump and his two henchmen that used right. to sit there on the show, it's it's uh, a dozen New York Times right. uh, reporters and editors, and and they and I did I, I'm so I want to get this out of my head because I want to go back to thinking that the New York Times endorsement board is like a really serious right. you know they come into a a room that's lit with the the green lamps right. the, those office uh, lamps and uh, and the candidate sits down and and they. They just, you know, drill them for three hours, right? Yeah. Um, and this was this was like it literally was like The Apprentice. So tell us, um, who broke your heart the worst in your life? Yeah. No, I'm serious. That was a question. Was it really? Yes. Who do yes. you say? Uh, they, well, they each. Uh, they, I didn't see that part. They, wow. They they they, right. they really none of the they didn't ask each candidate every question. Okay, got it. The ones they asked that question to, oh boy, they danced around it because oh they did God. not. They did not want to say who broke their heart. Right. And and in fact, Biden said, to tell you the truth, I've had heartbreaking moments and tragedies yeah. in my life. But of all the people that have been in my life, nobody's broken my heart. And I thought, wow, that is why you got that smile. 
Yeah, that's not true, yeah. that's not dental work. That's right. he's like maybe a combination. Okay, yeah. maybe yeah, a combo. Yeah. I'm just saying, just trying to be. I nice. just don't want to just as dentists. Right yeah. now, right? But it's Some just artistry. Like, it's like, um, but no, this was in and um, there were the, the the other questions were just so. Um, they kept bringing up Mitch McConnell. Mitch, how are you ever going to get past Mitch McConnell? Mitch McConnell. It was like you know, it's just Mitch McConnell. Yeah, just so a tortoise mixed with a man. Yeah. What? What is? What is the? Oh my God! And then they have this discussion about them, and and they, you know, one of them will say, um, um, "Well, that candidate has no charisma, so they're out." That's yeah. really, and and Bernie, you know, Bernie. Um, if you watch the whole thing, because they put it online, he doesn't uh, care. Uh, and he said, "Look, I'm just going to come out and say yeah, this." Did you see this? Where, the whole, the yeah. where yeah, and he and well, he says first of all, he says, "You and I have a different worldview, you, the New York Times, yeah. and me." And boy, is that right on. Thank you, New York Times, for giving us the Iraq War. Yeah. By putting all those lying stories on the front page. And, um, but um, it, but finally he says to them, he goes, he goes, because they're, they're trying to get around to ask him, why are you a grumpy old man? Right. And he said, look, I, I'm not, I don't do his voice. If I say this, you can, sure, you, yeah. you, you do I'll it. Try, you do yeah. a better Bernie voice. But he's like, uh, you know, look, I don't send birthday cards. I don't send yeah. birthday cards. You know, if if you're expecting me to call you up in, on your birthday and say happy birthday, I'm not gonna say happy birthday. You know, you want me to call you happy? And it was kind of so weird because somebody said, said said to me today, it was so weird because all of a sudden, Larry David's been oh playing my God, yeah. Bernie. Yeah, Bernie, Bernie became Larry. Bernie became Larry David. They're cousins, yeah. And and the whole first episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm so it was about everybody saying Happy New Year. Happy, yeah. And yeah. Larry David was going, I'm sick of this Happy New Year. Well, it's funny because you get three I, days to say Happy New Year. I don't want to hear it after that. I've been wanting to write a piece. I've always loved Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I've always said that there is a very like Davidian, a moral Davidian code that Larry David lived by. Like he won't. It's very, it's very b- biblical kind of. Um, and it's interesting because Larry, like like myself and like Sanders, we're all secular Jews, but we're very Jewy, you know, yeah. which is a whole other thing. But he like he he won't dance with a woman, like he won't dance with the, his wife in front of a widow. He won't ignore like they sound like they're straight from the Old Testament. Like you, thou shall not dance with a, a widow with right. your wife in front of a widow. Thou shall not mention the the golf playing that you do in front of a man in a wheelchair. Like all these rules that he does, he does have a real moral code. Right, and he just thinks that things that stupid things you shouldn't have to do, or like I love it when he, on that episode he won't wait for that guy to um, his food gets there first, and yeah. the guy he's he's like he starts eating his food first. He starts eating his first. Yeah. He's like, you don't mind if I start, do you? Which is kind of funny. I'm surprised Larry would ask that at all. He's like, yeah, I I would if you don't mind. <laughs> and he's like, and then he can't. Help, he's like, it's gonna go, go cold. I'm just gonna eat it. And right. that to me is, of course, you should do that. Like right. that's that's a fair thing. He wouldn't care if the guy had started eating his food. No, exactly yeah. right. So it, it uh, so Bernie, I just the thing. That's uh, he's so, like, I don't. I've never dealt particularly well with bullshit or something. What did yes, he say? Yeah. Right, that's what he he's said. Like, he, but I'll give you health insurance. I mean, yeah, I remember yeah. happy birthday yeah. card. But uh, you're going to celebrate more birthdays with me in office. Right, exactly. Yeah, and it was, for it, all. I yeah. want that. Yeah. I don't care about um, who broke his heart or uh, any of this other nonsense or his his personality yeah. and 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 the fact that again 76% he has the highest approval rating of any candidate more donors more supporters more volunteers than any candidate he didn't get that by being unlikable right um i think actually the reason why young people there by a large percentage right. he's been number 1 with yeah. 18 to 35 actually 18 to 40 
45 year olds. Um, the majority of 45 year olds uh, want Bernie. And not the majority, I mean, he's number one in the, when they poll it. Um, yeah. And um, uh, he's been number one for five or six months uh, with Latino voters. Yeah. Weird uh, that that's not a huge story. Yeah. No, I know. Well, Why the same isn't thing that a about, huge story? We the said part. earlier about the, with non white voters yeah. that. Um, He's number one with non-white voters, and no, and nobody will. Why won't the press write this stuff? I don't understand it. Why do they, and, and why is why is he still dismissed when he consistently has been number one or two in most of these uh, polls? And um, I think you're right, though. I think that there is something. It's because of his politics. I've come to believe now when somebody says that uh, he's not electable. Yeah. What they're really trying to tell me is they're afraid yeah. that he is electable. Yeah, I think for most people that's it. Then you have people who actually don't know and they just hear this said again and again. Yeah, and it takes like a a real uh, paying attention to like media criticism or happening to know certain things and following things. But it's really hard to know this if you you're not making it your business. But yes, the people who claim to be experts, right, who say he's not electable, it's they conflate. Um, I don't want him to win with he can't I don't think he can win with I don't want him to win right right it's it's um I don't mean to uh, this is not the Bernie uh, podcast no, uh, no. show I mean I talk about him a lot yeah. but but I um well it's important also because he's the face of something but it's bigger and he's a good we when we talk about him we're also talking about all these anti-leftism tropes right that we yeah so I, I cut you off so no that's okay Are the anti anti-leftism tropes I have look. I'm not Jewish. Uh, I didn't need to explain that, did I? You have a mention you shouldn't say quiet about you, though. Okay. <laughs> mention you should be you shouldn't say quiet. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll accept that. Yeah. Um, but um, but it seems like it, another thing that never gets discussed is that we may have our first Jew- Jewish right. president, and and when these things, certain things get said about him, the physicality, it rings a little bell in my head. Yeah. That that says. Um, Wow, you know, yeah, that's what they do say about Jews or Jewish men in this yeah. case or this. And I'm like, right. um, you know, do you think that this is any part of this? And I know, I mean, you know, one of Larry David's I mean, yeah. thing is how Jews are always complaining about I know, it's funny, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this, this goes way back to uh, that scene with... Uh, in uh, Annie Hall, where uh, Woody Allen's gone, did you, did you, he's, they, he said there's uh, Jews or Jews. Yeah. And he said, no, he said Jews. No, he called, no, he said just past the Jews. Right, right, yeah. No, he said past the juice. Yeah, yeah. Everything's, yeah. <laughs> so I get that, but right. well, I, yeah. I have to say, as uh, as a non-Jew, um, I, I detect a little bit of, in just the fact that it's not even talked about. Right. It's erased, yeah. That, 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 it is important to talk about how there are two women left now on the right. debate stage. Right. There are no African-Americans on right. that stage. Um, there are no Latinos on that right. stage. Um, um, and so the, the stage is, this was a lot in the last, there's no diversity. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, there's a gay man. Yeah. There are two women. And nobody will just say, and there's a Jew. Right. There's a Jew on the stage. And, <laughs> I understand why that may, that's a never a good game. There's but, a Jew on the stage. Name the Jew. Find the Jew. Spot the Jew. Point to the Jew. It's the Jew find out. Jew search hour. Yeah. But what? yes, I understand. Yes. Why aren't people saying like this would be a historic first for many 
you know, yes. And it's interesting because his Jewish identity, Sanders, and it's funny because I feel like I spent basically up until Bernie, I would almost always, my, my interaction with the word anti-Semitism was almost always saying something wasn't anti-Semitic, not to downplay it, but because it's such a weaponized term to stifle criticism of Israel. So this person's an anti-Semite, that person's an anti-Semite. And it's like, no, they're not. They're literally, they're, of course there are anti-Semites out there, but uh, most people who, you know, like Mark Lamont Hill, not an anti-Semite, said something about Israel, totally valid, um, not anti-Semite. Uh, you know, Norman Finkelstein, not an anti-Semite, actual son of Holocaust survivors. Um, but this is this one time where it's like, oh, hell, can we talk about anti-Semitism for a second? And it's funny because it's like the first time growing up in New York that I feel like I've been uh, doing that in the United States. Um but it's true. It's not, and it's not even. I think for some people, it's a really just a cultural, like a, a lack of familiarity. Like he comes off across as gruff, or the physicality of it. with someone like Joy Reid. There's just no excuse. I'm sorry. You claim to be sensitive to to tropes, to optics, to um, representation. You can't have a fucking body language expert on the show, mm. on your show to analyze oh, Bernie she did Sanders that last week. Oh my god, she had a woman on. She's like, he's turtling. I mean, it was like turtling. a couple of things. Mean? I don't know, like hunched over. Oh, She's hunched like, over. he's always hunched over. It was a very, 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 if there had been any gender equivalent of that, it would have been rightly condemned. Right. Like, like any. You're behaving like yes, a, a, a Whatever, or... anything. Yeah. Like the thing about his physical, also made no sense what Joanne Reed was saying. She's like, well, he has a physicality mm. wagging his finger. Mm. At Hillary Clinton again, I, I like it's all about 2016. That's when all these things were, and you do have some people who came and saw the light, came around, and saw the light, like Peter Dow, mm -hmm. but someone like Joy, who used to praise Sanders, yeah, as a moral. I'm sad voice. to hear that she did that. Um, oh yeah, it's really. Know. I mean, I think that's pretty reprehensible. What, what other what other tropes like that have you? Well, noticed? she Joanne um, Reed actually called said about, said about Bernie um, on Twitter. She said that he's like your college roommate who stays on your uh, couch for free and doesn't pay rent. Hmm. Like again, I'm not saying that that makes her an anti-Semite mm. at all. I'm not. I'm saying that there's a lack of sensitivity towards anti-Semitic tropes, right. which makes her sensitivity. And explain to, to people other, what, the, what the trope is there. Oh, the trope, the cheap Jew. Sorry. So the trope was like of the cheap parasitic Jew. Yeah, too cheap to go get a hotel. Yeah, room or, or like whatever. yeah, I mean yeah, yeah, like mooching off of you. Mooching. And mm -hmm. again, it's not like if someone said this about Sanders, who was like. It's not inherent. I'm not going to call anyone who said that about Sanders an anti-Semite. My point is that. For Joanne Reed, who plays a lot, plays around a lot with how things are problematic, she doesn't give anyone the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, she says some weird stuff about about Bernie and Jane. Like, she does some weird armchair like mm -hmm. diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, I just, if you're gonna be like that, and if you're gonna be very quick to kind of pathologize and diagnose things as problematic, then you really have to hold yourself to that standard too. And if you don't, then you're not being honest. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it's intentional. I don't think she sits there and lies. I mean, I don't know what happens though. I don't. I can't imagine going to your bosses at MSNBC and being like, "Okay, so wait, bear with me." Yeah. Body language expert. But there's been weird, other weird things too, like oh, um, the, the caricature. Well, first of all, yeah. there's the cartoons. Then the you cartoons have um, of him as you, the Jew. Yeah, I mean, cartoons of him with the big nose or the oh, when they announced how well he did at fundraising, they had a, I think it was the Washington Post had a yeah. photo of him with his hands together, yeah. grasped together, which R is a trope. Rubbing there's his actually hands an together. image. Yeah, there's the image and there's of the, the big money tree next to him. Oh, so then that was Politico, where they wrote mm. a piece, and the original headline was something like Sanders is not 
not poor, but cheap or cheap, but not mm. poor. Mm. And then he is standing there. He has um, two houses, one house in each arm and a third house coming out of his head, which it could be worse. It could have mm. been horns. I guess they, mm. this is mm. better improvement. Mm. And then they have on, in the in the article, it was a picture of him standing in front of a money tree. And it actually said like, because I, I, I like did a right click like to save it. And it came up, I guess. I didn't even know this. The label, the, what they call it, comes up, mm-hmm. and it was like Bernie in, st- in front of Money Tree or something. And they they uh, they fixed that, but the the content was the same. They they have all these talking points against him. Owns three houses, which every single senator owns at least two houses. That's what's like so stupid mm-hmm. about these things. Mm-hmm. But um, the the caricatures, the people tweeting anti-Semitic things, and this goes with the Bernie Bro narrative, which is that apparently Bernie has all these like really abusive, toxic supporters. Um, but you know, Neera Tandon is friends with a lot of people who say problematic things. Neera mm-hmm. Tandon always is asking. It's always she asking says problematic things. Well, she says concerned. problematic yeah. things. She outed a Me Too someone mm-hmm. uh, in her own organization, mm-hmm. like just outed someone mm-hmm. who had been like uh, harassed mm-hmm. during a meeting but and, but the people that she the the people that she hangs out with that says the that oh, say yeah. these things there are these people on twitter who it's so funny cuz she and adam what's his name Parchimenko and Philippe Wren, they love pretending like outspoken like feminists or um ally male ally and they all like promote there's this like online res, you know twitter resistance scene and they all like wish each other happy birthday. They like say well said, blah blah blah. Call each other my friend. These are people who. Um, there's one guy who said about Linda Sarsour after she expressed her like sympathy for people after the Pittsburgh shooting. Mm-hmm. This is the Muslim the woman life. who was yes. one of the th- yeah. three or four pe- people that organized the, the women's, women's march. march. Yeah. yeah, she said something like, um, "My heart goes out to people." You know, she condemned it. And this guy, Jeremy, who I have a picture of him in the air hanging out. I sound like a stalker. I just saw it, though. Mm, they hang out. Mm. He said, look at Linda pretending like she wouldn't have planned something like that herself. Mm. Then you have, like, this guy, um, Mr. Dean, who called B- Bernie Sanders a fake fucking Jew. Mm. Um, you know, the same group of people, they all follow each other, retweet each other. And it sounds like who cares, but who cares is because... Again, the reason I harp on the Bernie Bro narrative is a couple of reasons, but one of them is because it's really important to show how dishonest it is mm. and that it's it's a tool, it's a cudgel. They want to yeah. delegitimize Sanders and his supporters. Right. And they what they wind up doing is they present his supporters as this kind of monolith of angry straight white men who are abusive mm. online and they totally invisibilize mm. to use the language that they like to use when they're pretending to be woke allies or woke mm. people. They invisibilize and marginalize and pathologize and erase all the people of color, all the women, all the LGBTQ mm. people who support yeah. Sanders and his yeah. movement. So, so here's the, here's the thing that, um, I mean, when people have told me when they stop me and they say, well, you know, he's not electable. And, um, if, you know, if I, I can, det- I can tell, you know, I think for a second, are they Jewish or not? And then, you know, because, you know, we, the, the Gentiles. Yeah, have, you have Judar. We have Judar. Um, and um, um, <laughs> so once I've established in my head that uh, he's not uh, Jewish, I, I say, come on, give me the real reasons why you think he's yeah. not locked him on. They'll go through this or that. But they, but more than um, once, yeah, it's been said to me in the same way that maybe the way that Elizabeth Warren was trying to say this about right. Bernie, that... Um, <clears throat> They'll say, well, he can't get elected because uh, he's Jewish. Right. 
I said, why would you say that? They said, well, and, th- and th- remember, these are not right wingers. No, they just think anti. I mean, there's they, not, not, they it's think, not inherently anti-Semitic to say that well, anti-Semitism exists. And yeah, they think and they'll it's, say yeah. we live in an anti-Semitic uh, right. country, and and uh, Jew can't get elected. Right. And then this is what I say to them. I said, well, I'm from the Midwest. Yeah. Um, not a great location for Jews. Let me just say, right. you know, there's our Jews, there's Jews, yeah. there's diasporas everywhere. Um, but um, I have now lived in a time where both senators from oh, yeah. Wisconsin were Jewish, oh, both yeah. senators uh, from uh, Minnesota right. were Jewish, uh, uh, Katzenbaum from Ohio, Jewish, um, and I just went to Illinois. Yeah. Um, the, all the, the, the Jewish senators right. from states where Jews, I'm sure, are not even 1% right. yeah. of the population, right. and yet these Midwesterners, these people in the flyover areas- Who will areas, never vote for Jews, yeah. Yeah, who will yeah. Never, they'll never vote for a Jew. Right. And then, all we've done are send Jewish senators, Levin, yeah. Levin from Michigan, uh, yeah. to the U.S. Senate right. for most of my life. Right. And I say, you can't say that. Don't repeat that. Yeah. That, that yes, there's anti-Semitism. Right. Well, but, I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even say don't repeat that or you can't say that. I mean, I would say like I get I get why you're you would think that maybe, but like. When Look, did you become all empathetic? <laughs> yeah, I, well, tell me I'm how empathetic to talk. For, for redeemables. I really for the, am. Okay. So like, there so are they lots think of, that. They, I'm like, I get that you think that. Because the truth is, this but is how a do bit I uncomfortable. The, the... But you can say, but you know what? Look at, first of all, look at our last president. His name was Barack Hussein Obama. Yeah. People really thought he was Muslim. Right. He definitely was black. Mm-hmm. Some people thought he was born in Africa. Mm-hmm. All these things. And he was elected twice. Right? Yeah. By the largest margins. Yeah. Of, and we yeah. never, if, if people, had, like, no one saw that coming. And again, you can say, look, Sanders shouldn't have gotten as far as he could based on so many things, including that he's Jewish. But yeah, and you can say uh, Feingold, you can, you know, uh, um, all all the Jewish elected officials in places besides New York and and Los Angeles. Feinstein, Boxer. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, But I just I, I guess I mean, don't I think like there's a lot of shaming and calling out and I do that a lot. But I try to be selective, you know, so we have to have yeah. like a Jew, something dar. Uh, deplorable yeah. dar, redeemable dar, but yeah. you know, because I get how someone doesn't. Um, but these are these are liberals who think their fellow Americans right. are less than them. Because oh, so you're right. They're, I get it. So they're, 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 they're snob. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's right, a snobbery yeah, yeah. that says Bernie can't get right. elected because out there, sure, I get it. I they won't vote for right, Jews, right. and then I give them the whole long list yeah. of Jewish senators yeah. from the Midwest, right? And um, you know, it it just it. It's well, you know. Actually, I just I heard this um, on this podcast this week. There's a um, um, a shrink. Um, uh, Stephen Reisner has this podcast called Madness, mm-hmm. and I, I forget what he says. What the, the the slogan of his podcast is? Where um, where psychology and politics mm. uh, intersect, converge, converge, intersect. Yeah. yeah. And so um, it's a very interesting podcast. And and he um, this the one that he has out actually right now is called. Uh, Paranoia, is it good for Jews? And oh, wait, someone just told me. Yeah, you, did you hear about this? Is he a, does psychoanalysis? He's well, he's the he's the guy who is, he's the shrink, one of the shrinks that led the fight to stop using psychologists yes, my friend, as torture Sheehy, in Guantanamo. just told me about him and said I should have him on and I need to reach out to him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so let me, so in this one that yeah. he's got out right now, yeah. he, he says, um, just so you, we understand the situation, uh, yes, it has been hard uh, for Jews here and elsewhere, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But um, he says, I've done the research on this. And um, there have been more people, more Americans killed in this country 
as a result of anti-Semitic attacks in the last three years, in the Trump years, Mm -hmm. the three years of Trump, more Jews killed um, because of hatred toward Jews than all Jews in the United States killed the same way through hatred of Jews in the entire 20th century. Really? (laughs) Yeah, and that's what I said. No, really? Yeah. He said, oh no, there's plenty of uh, attacks, plenty of, he says, but just look at what what you've seen recently. Right, because of mass shootings. The shootings, but just just if you're here in New York on the nightly news, there's security cam footage of Jews getting just punched Right. And, oh, and, attack, not just killed. You said he yeah, said yeah. attack. Yeah. yeah, 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 attack. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. no. I'm talking about actual, yeah, actual killings yeah. of Jews in America in the 20th century combined. Right. Doesn't match the killing of Jews in America in the Trump years. Yeah. And it was so stunning. But he, but he goes on to say that because because Trump and his people have have endorsed this philosophy of white supremacism right. and right. et cetera, et cetera. That it's not, and it's not so much like sane people. It triggers right, first right, the psychotic. Yeah, right. The psychotic exactly, gets triggered yeah. first by living in a culture that says it's okay to punch a Jew in the face. Yeah. It's okay to go into the deli and, right. and open fire. Right. Um, and um, it's anyways. But but it it just got me thinking about how how we that we have the potential of having our first Jewish president. Right. And I think some of this attack, or I think some of the way he's being ignored, like erased, like a cipher, like he doesn't really exist Mm. there at the top of the polls in every single poll. Yeah, it is really insane. I mean, it makes you feel like you're insane sometimes, doesn't it? Yes, and I'm I'm saying now, not as, because I'm not Jewish, so I do not sit around at night Watching TV and thinking, yep, yeah, good for the Jews. Yeah, yeah I, I don't have my list yeah, yeah. where I have got them. The criteria. <laughs> everyone yeah. divided between Jew good for Jews, yeah, bad exactly. for Jews. I'm just saying, wow, uh, how come nobody's really yeah. kind of dealing with this? I don't know. It's maybe, but at the same time, I go up and down the elevator of this building here in New York City, and there's many Jewish people. Right. This is the largest amount of Jews in the entire world. There's no city that has more Jews right. than New York City. Yeah. Not Tel Aviv, not Jerusalem. Right. Here. And and I and and so of my Jewish neighbors, I can't get anybody on board for Bernie. Well, that's because we're on, you're in half. I mean, it's it's a it's because here in New York, yeah. right? Especially in Manhattan, we're in, yeah, we're in Manhattan, yeah. So you have to right. So progress, yeah. So it's a class thing. It's a then. class thing. Yeah, it's a, the, so much of this stuff is class stuff, and like it's really great because Bernie's Jewish. I wrote a piece about this for Jacobin about Bernie's Jewish identity. And it really is amazing because it's this very interesting thing where it's both like totally universalistic and it's it's particular kind of, but it's not. The whole point of his Jewish identity is like to be inclusive and expansive and not like stop with his story, right? right? So his right. story, his family's story, all of this stuff, this is why I think certain things land with him and it's, it, they're like that much more personal. You know, his family fled, um, ex, you know, extermination his being a Jew when he was growing up was different than it is now. Yeah. Like my mom had they rocks thrown at, at she and my uncle had rocks thrown yeah. at them by the Irish no no grudges from my part, but by no, the Irish okay. Catholic no, no, school no. kids, no, you know, no, like it was different then. Yes. And it does shape his identity. Shame. And and he but he doesn't stop there. Some people have trauma or like, you know, family uh, intergenerational trauma or or stories and that they use that to be more tribalist and they use that to justify oppressing other people he's the opposite he doesn't want he doesn't want to talk about the holocaust and why he doesn't have cousins right because you when you lose half the side of your family 
you don't grow up with the things that the that the right. white people and Irish and others get to have, which is a whole bunch of cousins. Yes. You know? Well, there are a couple of reasons for that, but that is one. You, but, you guys start off with more of them anyway. Okay, but yeah, well, yes. we're, we're required to have yeah, a lot exactly, of babies, yeah. so don't, yeah, yeah. please don't hold that yeah, against no, us. No, I won't, yeah. But, but no, but I'm serious. It's just, it's, just, it's like he won't do that. In fact, I, I, I shouldn't say But he this. connects that stuff. So, okay, no, no. I, no, I was just, I, just I, I was talking to him a month or so ago, and and I and I said to him, "Why you should talk yeah. more about the fact that we have only two Muslim women right. that have been elected to the U.S. Congress, and they both support you, the Jewish man." That's so amazing. It's the world we want to live in, yeah, actually. And and he said, "No, no, I don't. I don't. We don't need to bring up religion." And all. he's like, he wants to so right. not live yeah. in that world right. where we again identify. They're the Muslims. I'm right. the Jew. Right. You know. But look, that, he's better on pal. I mean, it's it's oh not my God. a coincidence, but this is, right? No, but I, yeah. I'm afraid that some of the people that are my neighbors here. Oh yeah. Are are very upset because at two debates ago, he said. You cannot be, he said, I'm pro-Israel, but you cannot be pro-Israel unless you are also pro-Palestinian. Wow. I know. It's amazing that, there are two things. It's amazing that that's an amazing thing to say, and it's also, it is, and it's amazing that he said it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there are so many things we didn't get to cover here today. Will you come back? Yeah, of course, uh, whenever, yeah. We'll have Shabbos. We'll have uh, Shabbat dinner. Uh, Oh, Okay. I don't do that. Oh, I don't even know. Oh, I mean, you I don't even yeah. know what that is. It, you there's even... hala. There's hala involved. I think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm open to anything, but re- see, I was the the nuns we had when I was growing up. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll tell this story some other time, but uh, in Flint, which was the founding of the UAW yeah. and the union movement and the sit down strikes and everything in the 30s, and my uncle was in in the big strike that uh, brought General Motors down. Uh, to down is in the sense of they had to start paying people like right. uh, fifty cents an hour. Um, that uh, that I remember the stories being told of all these factory workers who had worked in the, the Jews from New York, yeah. essentially communist Jews from New My York family. City, that moved to Detroit and Flint and Milwaukee and places like this and got jobs. Yeah, and did the organizing. They were salts. They yeah. were organizing from within. They got within. Hired. Yeah, yeah. Now, again, they didn't show up for a weekend. Right, right, right. For like a demonstration or yeah. whatever. They literally moved to Flint. Yeah. They worked in the. They they tried to strike like five years before right. the, the big one, the big strike, uh, failed. Stayed there. Worked in the factory for an, another five years, organizing, 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 and and we were all taught that it was it these these Jewish people that came yeah. from New York, that really provided the glue and the fire yeah um for our for our union right movement and then they stayed in flint after the victory and and raised families and yeah. to the point by the time it was by the time i was growing up there's like four synagogues and shuls oh, wow. I didn't know that, yeah. in a town of 150 maybe oh. 200,000 when i was a kid 100,000 yeah. now uh because they stayed there they raised their right. kids and and then the, by the third generation, they were our dentist, right? And <laughs> lawyers, accountants, they did. Doctors, no, but, but it was yeah. but they were also but the ones that stayed worked in the factory, um, and because the UAW was very good about um, uh, being anti bigots, very uh-huh. early on they integrated the assembly right. line, uh, made General Motors and Ford do this. Uh, so our dads or our grandfathers worked. On the assembly line, next right. to Jewish right. dads or granddads, yeah, and and so, um, so there was a whole different attitude about growing up Catholic, 
we were not taught what, say, maybe kids in other Catholic right. schools. The Jews did not right. kill Jesus. Yeah, right. In fact, you know? they, they sat next to stood next to down the assembly line. Right. Exactly. They cars, yeah. Well, well, actually, I remember the nuns saying that the, the Jews did not kill our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That that was the Italians. Right. Uh, that uh, now it. that's something we both can get behind. Yes. You and I, I think <laughs> just like we have to shift to Biden, we can't have this anti-Semitism, anti-Irish stuff. We got to no, but it's common enemy of Italians. The Romans, just the Italians. Yeah. yeah no, it's, but some but of my was, best friends are pizza bagels. But every year, every year, the nuns took us over to one of the synagogues, uh, um, and uh, they had a, a seder for us Catholic kids. Yeah. They did a whole seder thing for us, and then we performed Havana Gala, and, and this is like in fourth grade. Wow! This is the way we were yeah. raised. Very different. Yeah. I don't think I, I cannot claim this to be true for all Catholic schools yeah. across the country, uh, but. Um, but it was very. Um, That's right. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was. I think you know. It's like Bernie said. The world you want to live in is that world. Well, it's, yeah. It's it's a world where you both like where you celebrate different diversity, but you're also there's like a commonality, and that's what's so interesting about this certain Jewish identity, where it's again, it's you know, it's. There's this, you know, if I were, you know, a filler on the roof, did you see it? They had the Yiddish only production. I, I did not saw, see yeah. the Yiddish only. I did only. say it right but before can I, it closed. Can yeah. I just say yeah. that when my mom brought us kids here uh, to New York yeah. in the 60s, I saw the original Fiddler on the Roof with Zero Mostel. So did my mom. She just told me that she really? took her grandmother, who coming full circle was an ILGWU worker. So she was in the International Ladies Garment Workers Union. Yeah. Which was started. Wow. The, the, the Triangle yeah. Shirtwaist Factory people. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and she took her, my 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 mom just told me that she took her grandmother and she was like oh it gives it's so familiar or like I, I have to ask my mom what she said it was something so cute but like it brings back so many memories it's all very familiar to me or resonates with me or something <laughs> I got to find out because she just told me that and I thought it was so sweet but um in the piece that I wrote for Jacobin about Sanders Jewish coming back home to Brooklyn yeah. to launch his campaign and how yeah. it made a lot of sense I quote um, I talk about this like universalism. And there's this, something called tikkun olam, which is repair the world. And it's a Hebrew term. Um, and what's interesting is you don't have to be religious. Like, you may have heard of it, but it's kind of, it is does exist in certain strains of Jewish history. Right. Because there's a variety of things, right? We're right. not a monolith, but there is a very, there's a right-wing uh, branch right. and there's a left-wing communist secular. No, but this yeah. thing you're talking about, tikkun, yeah, tikkun and, olam, uh, to repair the world. And by yeah. the way, I remember being taught this uh, wow. back in Flint, that, they said there's no English equivalent right. word yeah. for tikkun that that you have to explain it yeah. with a few words. Yeah, yeah. For what it really means, right? It's like the opposite of German. Yeah, I think. But, it, but, but your um, point is. Oh, but my um, my point is that it's so interesting because you know there. I quote to, got, to give a sense of this Jewish um, ethos. I quote um, Shalom Aleichem, the writer Shalom Aleichem, and Fiddler on the Roof was based on his short stories about Tevya. And one of them has um, Tevya, or not Tevya, one of the characters in one of his pieces, in Shalom Lechem's pieces, it's um, instead of the, so the song, If I Were a Rich Man, which is all about how, mm -hmm. you know, if I were a rich yeah. man, I would die, 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 and do all these great mm -hmm. things and eat this and have mm -hmm. that and buy my wife this. It's based on something that's like, if I were a Rothschild, meaning if I were a rich man, mm -hmm. and it starts off being like, I would give my wife a new dress, but wait, that wouldn't be enough. What about all my my fellow, my brethren? And it gets goes from like the most particular to the most universal yeah. and he goes through he's like well it can't just be the the jews of the world what about these these, these nations and these nations and expands and it's actually it's like the opposite of what if i were a rich man is about 
But right. it's really interesting wow. that that's like I had in, not yeah. heard that story. Yeah. Off, it's um yeah. yeah. Will you send that to me? Yeah, I will. Yeah. Um, it's very actually very similar. Uh, we were filming in Finland uh, for this movie did uh, called Where to Invade Next. Oh, great movie! And um, their national anthem um, has that same sentiment. Oh, wow! That it's not a, our national. It's not about Finland. Right. It's about we're part of the world. Yeah. And and it's what we do for the world. That sky that we yeah. see in Finland, that's everybody's wow. sky. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I know the the oh jeez, oh, can we please get our world together yeah. like this while you and I are still yeah. alive. Yeah, me, you, and uh, Joe Biden benefits. And Joe, Joe will come along with us. Yeah. I know he will. He will. That's no. what. That's it. Yeah. He will do. It. He he's such he's such a good sport. No, it, no, he'll do it. He remember when he was like, um, when Bernie was on at the last debate when Warren yeah. said that terrible thing. Yeah. But it was just so funny because that was so Warren, and then Biden's thing was so Biden because he gets on stage, he's like, "Watch out with the ran." He's like punching him in the shoulder, you know, the <laughs> arm. He's like, he's really like Fred Willard's character, Ron from Waiting for Guffman. Right, right. He's so, I have to do a mashup of that. I did a Corky Sinclair, Richard Spencer mashup. Well, you've got to do this. No, that's, yeah, that'd be very funny. Now. Yeah. Um, well, thank you very thank much, you. Uh, thank Katie you so Halper, much. for so uh, yeah. coming on my uh, podcast. Yeah. Please come back. And there's so much more uh, yeah. to talk about. Uh, you've written about what it means to be a millennial feminist. Uh, I I I'd love to. Hear yeah, that. we'll do that. We'll do that. It'll be part two. This is going to be very Jewish, rabbinical, midrash. I don't even know what that means. Some yeah. kind of Jewish text. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's died, the part yeah. one. Yeah. Exactly. Part, part one. Yeah. <laughs> part one. We covered all History the history of the world. Part one. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And uh, I thank you for uh, for helping. Also, just the comedy part. We don't, we didn't get into that too much, but it's very important. Um, uh, the gift of laughter, yeah. and uh, we live in dark times, and um, it's good to see the craziness of this. Yeah, and and comment about it, and right. uh, you do that very well. And uh, thanks on, for this podcast. It's really great. Oh, it's really well, great to have it. Yeah. Means a lot to hear that. If I were a rich man, if I were a wealthy man, you wouldn't have to work hard.